And there will be signs in sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the seas and the waves. People fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And then they will see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Now when these things begin to take place, straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. And they told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they come out in leaf, you see for yourselves and know that the summer is already near. So also when you see these things taking place, you know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all has taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap, for it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. In the face of darkness, O Lord our God, we beg you to be our light. We confess creating all sorts of other sources of light. Draw us close to you and give us laser focus. And thank you for giving us the gift of this season, which we need. We pray in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Good evening and welcome. If you haven't noticed, things are a little bit different. It's Advent. What is Advent? It's not just pre-Christmas. It's really not pre-Christmas, even though it falls right before Christmas. This isn't just a season to where we can make you wait to sing Christmas carols and not have a Christmas tree up in the church and all that kind of stuff. And it's not just a season to, to push back the, the prevailing influence of Walmart and, all the, and Amazon and all the other retailers. It's not just a season for fuddy-duddies to be contrary. This is a season that we need. Look around you outside. Now, don't notice the fire. That is not the fire you're looking for. We're going to have a great party after church tonight to kick off the beginning of Advent. We're going to make Advent wreaths for you to use at your home, etc. It's going to be wonderful. But look outside. What do you notice about the daylight? It's growing darker. The days will grow darker and darker and darker until the winter solstice around December 21st, December 22nd. And that will be the shortest day of the year. And Advent falls in this time of the year when the darkness is growing. When our way to find ourselves and our, our, our ability to find our own way is seemingly being taken away from us. So Advent is a season that acknowledges that darkness and longs for the coming of Christ supremely and most importantly in his second coming, in his return. We read about it, Chris read about it in the gospel. We'll talk about it all throughout this month of December in this season of Advent. But in doing so, as the, the candles around the Advent wreath here and around your home, as those candles grow and that light grows, so also will our preparation for the season of Christmas, which is not just a day, December 25th, but it's a 12-day season from December 25th, and it ends with the Epiphany on January 6th. And we'll 
show you how to celebrate the 12th night of Christmas whenever that comes around. But, but first things first. Advent is this season of longing and of hope. Advent isn't the season that you want. I'm just going to tell you right now. It's not the season you want. I know what season I want. I want Vince Guaraldi playing in his jazz trio, reminding me of simplicity, reminding me of the innocence of life in the Charlie Brown special, Cultural Connections. I want Bing Crosby soothing a nation through World War II and me now in 2018. I want certain things, but Advent isn't that. It's not the season we want, but Advent is the season we need. Now, well, hold on, Jay. What are you trying to do? Tell me what I need. I know all of you are self-made strong Americans and New Zealanders and most of you Texans by choice, but Advent is the season that we need. Why? Because Advent teaches us to see through the darkness of our present circumstances. It teaches us to see through the brokenness and the despair that we can find ourselves in and through all of that to hope. To hope in what? Science? Medicine? Artificial intelligence? Cryogenically freezing ourselves and living forever? No! If we haven't realized all the promises of progress that the Enlightenment gave us, those promises are being dashed against the rocks of sinful humanity in reality. Advent is the season we need because it teaches us to see through all of the clutter and all of the darkness and despair, and it teaches us to look with unswerving hope to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. Here are a few things I've read in the news over the last week. The climate is getting worse. Whether you believe in it or not, the earth is heating up. Warming seas will cause greater storms. A report was released on Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, by the current administration. The mortality rate in the United States of America in Thursday morning's paper is growing shorter. So we're living Shorter lives now, largely because of suicide and opioid addiction and overdose. And the people that are bearing the brunt of that, of those sicknesses and untimely deaths are people who live not in the cities, but in rural, rural areas. Easy for me to say. We have an immigration crisis at our southern border. We live in a nation that is deeply divided. A guy named Lance Morrow wrote an interesting piece in the Wall Street Journal yesterday talking about how America is addicted to outrage. It's the morphine that we can't quit taking. Morphine's helpful for a short time, but he says, but we have it all the time. We're outraged at everything. So there's a lot of darkness around us. doesn't matter really what your persuasion is. I think you'd agree that we're faced with a lot right now, but Advent is the season we need because it tells us to focus on what? Not on a political party not on how great our nation could be or on what science can do. All those, those things can be amazing, but it teaches us to focus on Christ. Jesus said, when others around you would be fainting and in despair, straighten up, lift your heads. Man, 
There's confidence in the words of Jesus. And this is how we get ready for Christmas, to remember really what it's all about. Why Jesus came, why he came to this earth, why he put on flesh, why he walked this earth with us. So Advent is the season, not that we want, but it's the season we need. It teaches us to see through all of those things. Now, there's a book I'm reading called Advent by a woman named Fleming Rutledge, who is a gifted preacher and a theologian. And if you're interested in studying more about Advent, I would encourage you to pick it up. It's called Advent by Fleming Rutledge. And I just want to read a couple of quotes to you that she has to say about Advent, because it was so good for me to reset and refocus She says this, we need to be taken into the Advent darkness to see the reign of sin and death where we would be without God's breaking in, where there is no human hope whatsoever and the only possibility is the impossibility of the intervention of God. Think about that for a minute. Advent is a season that invites us to the brink of of despair. She says it's a season that pushes us to the edge. It's a season that teaches us to live on the edge, where the only hope for rescue is that which would be impossible with man, but as the angel Gabriel tells Mary, but with God, all things are possible. She goes on to say, That this apocalyptic invasion of the world announced by John the Baptist is precisely because nothing can save us that is possible. So Advent is a season where we look square into the darkness. We think about and we talk about, and you're going to hear a lot of scriptures about judgment and redemption. You heard it tonight about the Son of Man coming again in great glory And he comes again to judge. But she reminds us that when we hear about judgment in scriptures, it's in the context of God working his work of righteousness. She says all references in the Bible to judgment should be understood in the context of God's righteousness. That is, not just God being righteous, but his making right all that has been wrong. All of the things that need to be vindicated. The things done to you, the things done to others, all of the injustices that have been endured in the judgment that our Lord Jesus Christ will preside over, he will make those things right. Advent is about the hopeful expectation of that judgment. Now, what does Advent teach us? What does it instruct us? And for that, we look to Holy Scripture. Look at uh, Luke 21. It's in your bulletin on page four and five. Or if you've got your Bible or your phone or your whatever. Advent is the season, not that we want, but the season that we need. It takes us into the darkness so that we can focus on the true light. But what does it teach us? Now, Jesus is in this final sort of discourse with his disciples. He's going to the temple every day, but he's lodging on the Mount of Olives just opposite the temple. And he's giving the disciples in this specific moment, this apocalyptic teaching to tell them about the end of time, about when the end will come. And Jesus says this in Luke 21, 25 to 28. 
Now, just listen. Put yourself in the disciples' shoes. Okay? Your rabbi, your teacher. He came and found you in Galilee, this place full of people who are overlooked and forgotten. He's bringing his kingdom, and you're part of that cohort. You're part of that group of friends. He's now gone into Jerusalem triumphantly as a Messiah on the royal mule with palm branches waving, Hosanna, Hosanna. They're ready to take their place in the kingdom. And Jesus says this in verse 25, and there will be signs and sun and moon and stars. And and mind you, he's already foretold the destruction of Jerusalem. Oh, by the way, this holy city, it's all going to be gone. Jesus says, and there will be signs and sun and moon and stars and on the earth distress of nations in perplexity because of the roaring of the sea and the waves. People feigning with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. For the powers of the heavens will be shaken. So just imagine experiencing that for a moment. If you were to be present when these signs of the end of the age would, would happen. The heavenly bodies burning up. People terrified because of the roaring of the seas. People fainting in despair. Verse 27. And then they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. Remember last week, Christ the King Sunday? as Chris so aptly taught you. Remember that passage from Daniel 7 as he saw in the night visions the Son of Man coming to the Ancient of Days? This is that same kind of picture, that same apocalyptic picture. The Son of Man coming on a great cloud with great power and glory. And Jesus says this. Now, when you experience all of that, and remember, let's take this in the context of Advent. When you see all of that, when you see everything shaken, when you see the sea boiling and roaring. Straighten up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. There is nothing you can do, friends, to save yourselves. But there is one who is coming who will save you, who is saving you. Straighten up. Raise your heads. He says more. He says more. Verse 33. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away, Jesus says. If there is anything that is strong enough, that is durable enough to last, While everything else is being shaken, even the powers of the heavens, Jesus says, while all of those things are being shaken, Jesus reminds the the disciples and gives them comfort and says, heaven and earth are going to pass away. St. Peter says this in 2 Peter 2, or 2 Peter 3, it's all going to go away. It will all dissolve because God is bringing a new heavens and a new earth where righteousness will be the rule of the day. Remember that about judgment and righteousness? Now, it's all going to go away. But Jesus says, but my word will never 
pass away. If there is anything worthy, durable, strong enough to endure the shaking, the passing away of heaven and earth, it is God himself. It is his kingdom and it is his word. The rule, the law, the words of his kingdom. So in this age, even now as we experience these sort of birth pangs of what will happen and what will come, as we see lowering mortality rates, increased suicides and overdoses, increased division, all manner of other things, strife, all of those things are going to pass away, but God's word, Jesus says, in, an, in a sense, he is the word of God. I will never pass away. He gives us something tangible, fleshly, to hold on to. In our pastor at this last week, we talked about, tailing off of Chris's sermon, about the ascension of Jesus. And when was it that Jesus became king? Well, he became king when he ascended into heaven. And what's the big deal about him ascending into heaven? Well, it's because he took the flesh that he received from Mary and now it's at the right hand of the Father. And there he's interceding for us. And he cannot be shaken. Raise up, straighten up, lift up your heads. Heck, even Central Lutheran, they've got this banner that says ready. And it's not ready player one. It's be ready. What else does Advent instruct us? Verse 34, watch yourselves, Jesus says, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Oh, okay. So I feel like now this can apply more to me because the whole heaven's like burning up. I'm not so sure about that. But he says, watch yourself. The days, friends, already are evil. And we can find ourselves being weighed down by the cares of life. We can find ourselves being dissipated. The solidness of who we are, of who God has made us to be in his image, in his beauty, in his glory. That solidness dissipating because we're losing our focus. We're forgetting our hope. We're forgetting our great call. We're forgetting the one through that we see through a glass darkly now, but one day we will see him and we will be like him when we see him. And we will know him fully, even as fully now we are known. We can be weighed down by drunkenness. You know, you don't have to drink wine or whiskey or whatever to be drunk. You can be drunk on all sorts of stuff. This morning, the Dallas Morning News had a, a, just a heartbreaking report of nurses and doctors at UT Southwestern stealing meds from the pharmacy at the hospitals there and, over, and people finding them dead, overdosed in these bathrooms. These medical professionals, these physicians that have this special calling to care for us in the face of, of stress and interminable shifts are, are seeking drunkenness. Guys, a lot of our world is without hope. And Jesus has made for himself a church, a missional people 
so that we could speak a word of hope to those who are hopeless. Advent is not the season we want, but it's the season we need. We need to look into the face of the darkness so that the light of Christ can shimmer and shine and rescue us. So Jesus says, don't let that day come upon you like a trap, like a thief. Verse 36, but stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. Stay awake. It's easy to fall asleep. I'm the first one asleep in my family. If we're all watching a family movie, first one asleep. Matthew Trevathan's sleepover party, June 5th, 1992, we're watching The Goonies, first one asleep. I'm always the first one asleep. It's easy. I'm relaxed. I'm chilled. I got nothing to worry about. Everybody's happy. Everybody's healthy. Everybody's safe. And Jesus says, stay awake. And notice what he says. And this is unique to to Luke's version of this apocalyptic passage. He says, pray. Stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things. Hmm. Pray. Advent is not the season we want, but it's the season we need. Now, think about what Jesus has just spoken to the disciples, what he's taught us through this apocalyptic vision of what will happen at the end of time. And Advent teaches us, this is the reason it's the season we need, by the way, and I think I've told you that before, but the reason is because Advent teaches us to see through those things, to see through the breaking apart of everything, to see through the despair, to see through the hopelessness and the brokenness. Now think about your own life. Think about what you're disappointed by, and maybe not just disappointed by what is dissipating you. What is pushing you, not necessarily to drunkenness, but maybe towards, you know, a little bit closer to drunkenness? What's the thing that you're seeking refuge from reality in? Is it on a screen? Is it buying more stuff? Is it finding a new identity? The signs that cause the fainting, the fear, the foreboding that can induce dissipation and drunkenness and the overwhelming cares of this life, they correspond to the frightful and terrible, to the traumatic and the troubling events of life today. Think about past traumas that haunt you now. Advent is inviting you to look through those, to fix your gaze upon the sure and the hopeful return of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, think about it for a moment. Actually, just just maybe bow your head and close your eyes if you like, or look at the cross, look at the candle, but just just be in a moment of, of contemplation and prayer. And Holy Spirit of God, we ask you, who convicts the worlds of sin and concerning righteousness, We ask you to show us, to shine a light on us as individuals, as families, as a city, as a church. What is it 
that is drawing our attention? What is it that we have to look through and see through? Just take a moment. It may be something that you're constantly looking through, but you don't even know what it is. Let the Lord speak to you as I be still. now as you maybe have a picture of what it is you're having to look through ask the Lord how is it nudging you and lulling you ever so slightly to dissipation or drunkenness how is it weighing you down And Lord, as we have clarity with that, we now pray. We lift those things to you. And just as Jesus told his disciples, we pray that we may endure these trials, whether we put them on ourselves or whether you've given them to us, but we pray that we may endure them, that we may escape them, and we pray that we would be full of hope. And church, I want you to hear me. You and I, in this season, are to call to mind the promise of God to set everything right. There are countless things that you and I will never be able to set right. But we call to mind and set our hope in the reality that he, in his redemption and judgment of the world, will set those things right. And in that reality, in that unshakable truth that will never pass away, we put our Advent hope. Father, we offer ourselves to you. We are broken. We are breaking things and other people. And we need you desperately. We love you and we thank you for giving us this season that we never would have picked for ourselves. And we thank you that, Lord Jesus, you will come again in power and great glory to set everything right. Help us not be dissipated, weighed down and drunk, but help us to stand up, to lift our heads, to pray, and to be full of hope. Lord, that hope is beyond our power to attain. So we ask of you, Holy Spirit, fill us with that hope even now. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray. Amen.